Welcome to the build-up on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. Please bet responsibly. Visit dunlui.net for further information. Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Build-Up Podcast here on Balls.ie in association with Labrooks. We're coming to you with an extra show this week because the golf majors are back. Finally, over 12 months later, we're getting geared up for the first major of the season, the PGA Championship, this weekend in San Francisco. My name is Mark Fardy. As always, I'm joined by Mick McCarthy. And later on in the show, we're going to be talking to Brian Kyo of irishgolfdesk.com. Mick, are you excited? I presume you are. I'm very excited. I'm very excited to get Brian's tips for it because I haven't a clue what's going to happen, unfortunately. Uh, I've been watching way more golf in the last four or five weeks than I have in a couple of years, I would say, Mark. And it is super wide open at the moment. Every, like, just world number one changes every week. Uh, there's all these guys at the top that, you know, uh, even though it's a different winner every week and it's a different world number one, it's the same group of guys, even though it's just a big group. So it's actually yeah. really exciting. It's not like randomers are winning that you've never heard of or anything like that. You know, it's, it's just so golf's actually deadly at the moment. <laughs> and I think that um, with all the weirdness of there being no crowds and everything like that, if you got, you get Rory McIlroy to step up and just, you know, get into that, his rightful place at the top of that group, or our boy Shane Lowry, who's just tapping away nicely since he came back. He's, you know, he's just ready for it. He's a major man at this stage. He doesn't need to win in PGA Tour events. You know what I mean? He's yeah, just ready exactly. for the major. So if we got that little bit of excitement and we know kind of on day one that Rory or Shane are kind of going to be involved, this is going to be one of those tournaments that you're just going to be glued to. And the problem with that, Mark, is that it's on the West Coast of America. It's not in San Francisco. And you might remember when Shane Lowry led the US Open going into the Sunday a few years ago the one that he unfortunately didn't win in the end. And that was on the West Coast. And I remember very uh, particularly watching that on a Sunday night, Monday morning. And Shane was only on like the eight hole or something like that. And it was like one o'clock in the morning. And I was, <laughs> I was starting to think about work the next day. So that's the one drawback. <laughs> Well, look, it is, yeah, as you mentioned, it's a very open field. So we're going to chat to Brian in just a second to see if we can narrow that down a little, who he thinks is going to be in real contention this weekend. Don't forget, you can subscribe to the podcast by searching the build-up on Ball Study and all good podcast apps. Please do rate and review the show there when you're in the podcast store as well, especially on Apple Podcasts. It would mean an awful lot to us. But without further ado, ado let's chat to Brian. We are delighted to be joined on the line now by Brian Kyo from irishgolfdesk.com. Brian, how's it going? All good. Thank you very much, Michael. Good stuff. It's um, it's it's been a strange restart since it's been intriguing. Like obviously, you've got no fans uh, over the last couple of months, but you know the people are. It's it's kind of chopping and changing with world number one. There's a lot up for grabs. The likes of Bryson DeChambeau's and grabbing the headlines. It's been an intriguing restart. It has, yeah. There's been a lot of interesting uh, tournaments so far. Bryson DeChambeau with that massive hitting distance really has been the uh, the early story, I suppose, hitting the ball 380 yards pretty regularly. Uh, that's, been, that's been amazing. And just having no crowds whatsoever as well, just that strange kind of atmosphere. You know, no uh, roars or anything like that when puts go in. So um, that's going to be unusual and that's going to be uh, strange to see it in a major championship as well when there's all that pressure on the line. And, uh, and nobody there really watching what's going on. So, uh, no, I think you're right, Mark. Yeah, it's been, it's been a, a very strange kind of start to the year, but it's been, it's been fascinating, or restart to the year, should I say, but it's still been fascinating. Yeah, what has caught your eye, or who has caught your eye so far? Obviously, we're talking about, you know, there's different countries. Justin Thomas 
gone back to world number one after his win at the St. Jude's Invitational at the weekend. You John Ram, we've already got two weeks at world number one. It's been it's it's really up for grabs. There's people coming out in and out of form. Look at Brooks Kepka maybe starting to come into form now again this weekend. Uh, what has caught your eye since the restart? Yeah, well, you know, as we said at the beginning there, you know, Deshambo hitting the ball so far really was was incredible. And there's been a few guys trying to take a leaf out of his books. But I think, uh, you know, that's been interesting to see Rory McIlroy just not really coming into form at all since the restart. That's been fascinating to watch. The watch Shane Lowry kind of slowly uh, work mm-hmm. his way into a little bit of form going into the PGA has also been pretty interesting. And there's been a lot of players that have have quietly played very nicely uh, over over the last little while, you know, and the Ed Thomas there on Sunday, obviously uh, getting the win and and Cup Cup coming back to form. Uh, even Ram, who didn't play particularly well in Memphis, played pretty poorly, but uh, you know he's been he's been interesting too. So there's a lot of uh, interesting storylines. Jason Day even showing a little bit of form coming back uh, after changing, uh, you know, leaving his coach uh, his lifetime coach there. So uh, there's been there's been a lot going on, and uh, even Phil Nicholson back in. Uh, yeah. On the west coast as well, so you know there's a there's a huge there are a huge number of storylines really, and uh, Tiger of course back as well. Uh, only a second event since since uh, since the restart, so uh, interesting to see how how he gets on in the first major of the year, which is strange to say in in August when they were all over in July last year. Do you get the impression there's anyone who I was thinking about this with Rory, and you think of him as this kind of like. Ryder Cup like figure you know and I'm thinking of the fans and the kind of like you know the getting a birdie on the 12th and going to the fans or whatever which some golfers don't do do you think there's a we've noticed this with the other sports but I, I'm not sure if golf applies as much that players might miss the crowds or conversely obviously others might miss the pressure of not being uh, you know standing on the tee surrounded by 300 people who are just uh, waiting for them to slice it out of bounds you know um, yeah yeah yeah, do, like, do you get the impression that you know all these guys are professionals, obviously, and they all have so much experience? Do you get the impression that any of them are either thriving or struggling without the galleries? Uh, I think uh, a couple of them uh, certainly uh, struggled a little bit with the with the, the lack of atmosphere because you know when there's that constant noise going on and there's uh, crowd movements and everything else, it, some of them find it a little bit easier just to concentrate on what they're doing and just got that tunnel vision. And focus, you know, McElroy in particular has said that, you know, it's not so much the, the cheers that he that he misses for the adulation as such, but it's just the ability to just get his head down and uh, just, you know, look down that fairway and focus exactly on, on what he has to do, you know. But then you've got other people like Brooks Kupago, who, you know, to be honest, if he played it on the moon, I don't think it would bother him too much either. He just seems to be that kind of character. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a bit of a mixture. I think maybe for... Um, Maybe some of the lesser lights under pressure coming down the stretch, they might find it a little bit easier with without uh, twenty five thousand or forty thousand fans uh, screaming and, and yelling abuse uh, occasionally. If there's a few beers being taken, so uh, that might make life a little bit easier. But um, yeah, it's been it's it's the new normal, as they say, and uh, it's it's been the television though has been very watchable. I have to say, you know, yeah. watching it from from a distance, it's been it's been good. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what kind of package they put together in a. In San Francisco, the it should be beautiful down there by Lake Merced and the, all the great a great backdrop there. So, um, you know, I'm expecting a a pretty good tournament. Can I ask quickly before we get into the actual tournament? If it's funny, we had like I think three three world number ones in the last month or so. We've had you know different people kind of coming and going. Rory sort of 
hanging around but not really fulfilling his potential. Kepka hasn't been shown the same form that he's had over the last year. We've had Jordan Spieth has fallen off a cliff completely. Do you think golf is better when it's kind of anybody's and there's chopping and changing at the top and any one of 10 could go in and win a tournament on any given week or when we have, maybe not Tiger, but when we have that sort of linchpin that everybody's trying to catch which which would you prefer personally because i i actually yeah. can't answer it myself i don't know which is better you know yeah the dominant i don't know the exact number i think the world number one slot might have changed hands something like 17 times since since sort of tiger tiger was dominating mm. you know so uh so that's just an indication of how how much strength and depth there is nowadays yeah i think it's fast i think it's i think it's right the way it is at the moment really nobody has a clue uh, you know who could possibly come out and win this? I mean, looking at Kupka in um, in Memphis last week and how impressively he played. Uh, you know, bars is putting display maybe on the second day where it really went off the boil for a while. Um, you know, he'd be the the standout player really going for his third win in a row in the PGA. But uh, other than that, I mean, there's there's a whole plethora of players who could who could win this, and I find that fascinating. Really do. Mm. Terry's looking ahead to the tournament this weekend in San Francisco. Like you're looking at, from the Irish um, perspective, Shane Lowry at the weekend. He's 66 to 1 for this. But the sixth place finish of the weekend is obviously going to uh, do his form in the world of good. Then McElroy as well. He's been struggling the last couple of tournaments, but he did win the world match play here, I think, in 2015. So, what what do you think of their chances going into this weekend? Yeah, you know, um, I mean, Rory. McElroy is such a talent. I mean, he did win there in 2015, likes the golf course, and it's a golf course that's, uh, uh, you know, it's a par 70. They're only two par five. So uh, you've got to move the ball right to left off the uh, off the tee as well, which is uh, a shot shape that will certainly suit him. So, I mean, you can never really write off a guy of McElroy's caliber, can you? I mean, it really is hard to, to write him off, even though his, his stats since he came back from the lockdown have been pretty, pretty poor by his standards. Just one top 30 finish in the five in the five events, so I'd be a little bit reticent about Rory, but you could just never really write him off. Uh, Shane Lowry, I have a good feeling about Shane. I felt this, had a similar feeling going into the Open last July when, you know, the first three majors of the year, he'd started off poorly in the first round and all of them and then played great for the next three rounds. And we just thought, if he could just get off to a good start in Port Rush, he might, this might be the week, and he did. And uh, we all know what happened. What happened there? And I just feeling got a feeling that he's you know he's trending in the in the right direction now, driving the ball well. And uh, you know if the putts are uh, are dropping, which is always key for Shane, I think he, he could be a, a dangerous man this week. I really do because you know this is they've coming from very humid uh, conditions over the last few weeks where the ball has been flying miles, as we mentioned, Deshambo hitting the ball, you know, close to four hundred yards at times. That's not going to be happening this week. There. Obviously, on the west coast, beside the sea, you know, if you look at the the temperature in Dublin this week, it's around 20 degrees, you know, uh, something like that. It's going to be exactly the same in San Francisco as well. Uh, 20 degrees all week, uh, wind out of the west, blowing in off the sea, 25 miles an hour uh, all week coming out of the off the ocean. So that bodes well for a player like Shane, who, who likes a little bit of breeze, uh, cooler temperatures as well, and make it easier to, to, to get around there. And somebody like Ray McDowell as well. I mean, it's not the world's longer. It'll probably play quite long, but uh, it's a kind of course where he plotted around quite nicely. So, you know, I don't think we're going to be worrying too much about the bombers, uh, 
taken this place apart. I think, um, you know, Kupka, obviously, with his record in the PGA and Rory and, and, and players of that, he'll hit the ball along. And we are always going to have an advantage. But, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a fairly even playing field this week and uh, really, really anybody's game. It's mad to think that uh, that Shane Larry known has won a major sense. Like you're talking with the fact that uh, there will be no crowd there or whatever. And all of the, the pictures of the last major when it was Larry a year ago, uh, which is no one would have predicted that. We even get the bike going down the the final fairway. But uh, Tiger Woods as well back. I mean, we can't not mention him back one tournament back since the lockdown. Uh, do you think he has chance here? It's, it's strange as well because what is form going into it? Like we said, everything's so topsy turvy anyway for those who've played more. That uh, you you don't really know what to go off here with him. He won a WGC yeah. here as well, but it was 15 years ago, so I'm not sure if we'll put that <laughs> on the form card. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he beat he beat John Daly back in t- 2005, and I think he went five and zero in a Presidents Cup as well at Harding Park. So you know, okay. it's a course that he obviously likes in you know Sanford's just down the road from where he went to college in Stanford University. So it's a place that he knows well, obviously. Uh, you know, it's Northern California, but he, he you know, is a Southern California guy. But, uh, you know, it's it's the West Coast. He'll, uh, he'll, I, he'll, he's been there since Sunday as well, working away. So, um, you know, uh, who knows? I think it a lot depends with Tiger Woods on his putting, which is, you know, what let him down really over the last uh, decade, really, in major championships, you know, 11 years without winning one. And then came through to win that Masters last year, incredibly. But uh, so, you know, one appearance uh, since, you know, really back in, 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 in the Memorial Tournament, barely made the cut there, finished well down the field. So probably a little bit undercooked for, for Tiger Woods. He'll be you know looking to the US Open as well later in, in September, probably a little bit early early for Tiger. So uh, you know I'd be looking more to the guys who have been in decent form in the last few weeks. And uh, you know perhaps uh, you know Thomas uh, might be about to able to get that second uh, PGA Championship. Yeah. I'm just looking at, I think we should, like, it, it's interesting to talk about Thomas and all these guys that, that could win it. There's a couple of names that have jumped out to me, and again, we're kind of talking about maybe that there is a kind of a brass ring to be grabbed there, and we're probably a couple of years off for these guys, but um, two really young lads, um, Colin Morikawa and uh, Victor Hovland, who's, I think he was leading amateur last year in, in the US Open and, and in the Open or the Masters, I think. And, like, both of those have wins already this year and have kind of been really impressive. And just looking at their kind of stats, like finishing in top 10s, finishing in top 20s, kind of consistently, there does seem to be a kind of a new generation that are kind of coming through and not not afraid to kind of go in there and kind of compete with the big boys straight away. Um, I think Colin is 30-1 to 1 and Victor's 40-1 to 1 this week. Is it, Would it be a bit too soon, do you think, for either of them, if you were looking each way? No, yeah, <laughs> Matt, Matthew Wolf, another one as well. That's the, yeah. the, that's you know that that hits the ball a long way and has been yeah. Morikawa, what a great ball striker he is. You know you'd have to just looking at even his form last weekend as well. There just looking there, he shot you know sixty seven, sixty six at the weekend in Memphis. Obviously playing well, coming off a win. Uh, yeah, he absolutely. All of these guys have at the time this, this, this PGA Championship tends to throw up uh, you know new winners uh, yeah. very very regularly. So. Uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, somebody like Morikawa w- went ahead and, and and played well. But you know, you've got some of the older guys there as well. I mean, what about Phil Mickelson playing so well last week? You know, finishing second, uh, fifty years of age. You know, so I mean, there's it really is uh, very wide open. I suppose the big question and that for the first few days, especially, is if can Brooks Cooper keep up? 
you know, the form he showed last week, you know, mm. met Pete Cowan for the first time since the, since the lockdown sorted out a few issues with a swing. Phil Kenyon on his pudding. So, you know, if he can just, uh, uh, he seems very, very confident as well after last week's performance. So, you know, he's going to be the man to beat. I mean, nobody's won three majors in a row since Peter Thompson in the 50s. So we're, we're looking at something historic. Yeah, it's he's second in the betting at the minute. Who would it, would he be? Who you're looking at in terms of the the main contenders for the tournament this weekend? Would he be your pick? Yeah, I think Brooks Koepka obviously has to be up there, and Justin Thomas. I mean, John Ram didn't have a good week last week, but again, you know, he'll be determined to put that right. Uh, you know, losing his number one ranking after just two weeks at the top. Uh, so that's a that that's another one, I suppose. You know, somebody like Webb Simpson. Yeah. Uh, also a winner, uh, you know, winner of a U.S. Open um, in San Francisco, just around the corner from from Harding Park, you know, uh, at the Olympic Club uh, in 2012. I think uh, Harrington and um, Graham McDowell were right there at the death as well in that one. So uh, he'll like, he like the area. He'll have good feelings about the area. He's been playing very, very well indeed. And, uh, you know, I, he'd be, if I was to, uh, he's amongst the favourites of the favourites if you were looking for somebody not a a Kupka type, uh, Webb Simpson would certainly be one uh, worth having a bet. There you go. 25 to 1, Mark. I'll take that. Nice. Is there anyone further down the field that you'd have an eye on for each way that you think would go well here? You know, you mentioned uh, the likes of Wolf. Is there anybody else that uh, pops to mind? Well, you could go for, um, obviously, <laughs> Mickelson at 80 to 1, yeah. I think, or something like that, yeah. is, 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 is a good outside bet, you know. Um, Tommy Fleetwood, again, you know, played very well at the weekend. Alongside Rory on uh, on Sunday, sixty five. He's only just come back from the lockdown. Only been over there a couple of weeks. Uh, you know, I think he's around fifty to one. You know, Harris English, as well, uh, one hundred and fifty to one. Just another great ball striker as well. You know, who uh, find hit you know hit fairways, hit greens. You know, he's another player who's uh, an excellent uh, an excellent chance of doing well. So really, there's there's, there's so many um, names out there, but uh, certainly. Um, Another name, actually, that, uh, that came up there in conversation with somebody this morning, Danny Willett, mm. uh, you know, who's, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Cheryl Hatton, who had a poor week at the weekend, but I think Danny Willett, you know, who was, uh, I think he was sixth in the open behind Larry, you know, played pretty well last week. Uh, he's just sort of rounding it in a bit of form, a major winner as well. So, you know, this, a player of that ilk might, might be worth a bit of a flutter. Good stuff, good stuff. Can I ask just before we go about the PGA itself, right? So I'm just thinking the world, like every, you know, I think Adam Scott's back this week and Tiger hasn't, has only played once. But other than that, you're kind of looking at the same field as you've had last week and for a few weeks. And, you know, it always was kind of the, the sort of the least of the majors, but it was your last chance. And now it's sort of, it's the opposite of move to second. But obviously with everything that's happened this year, it's the first one. I'm not saying underwhelming because I'm definitely very excited about it and it's definitely going to get a, a, a large kind of extra audience that might not be on the PGA Tour every week. But for the likes of yourself who's watching every week and, and, and studying and writing about it, does the PGA Championship have that, I don't know, that kind of luster that, you know, it's obviously not the Masters, let's face it. But, um, you know, considering we just came off a big WGC event this week, is it all that yeah. event, really? Yeah, no, not really. I mean, it's an absolutely massive championship. I mean, the PGA of America, a huge organization. The tournament is extremely well run. You know, from just from the reporter's point of view of the majors, probably one of the best run of them all to, to cover and get things done. I mean, it's much more difficult 
uh, you know, at the Open or the uh, the PGA or the uh, the U.S. Open, for example, the Masters is in, the, is in a world of its own. But um, you know, the PGA Championship, I've always enjoyed it. We've got you know, obviously, great Irish memories of of Podrick winning there uh, in in two thousand and eight as well. It's still a brilliant tournament uh, for you know, an historic trophy, and obviously, it, yeah, it is the uh, the the lesser of the four in, in many people's eyes, but um, we've had some fantastic term PGA championships over over the last few years and what Kupka did in the last couple of years, even if you just think back to those two wins, sure. they were really exciting with Justin Johnson there as well. We haven't even mentioned Justin Johnson, who's been incredibly uh, erratic, you know, from going from 80s to 65s from one day to the next. So, I mean, I, I think it's fascinating. Um, you know, everybody's really looking forward to seeing a major championship for the first time since... You know, since Shane won the Open last year, it's been it's been 13 months. It's a long time. It's been a long time coming, and uh, there's a major there to be won on a on a great golf course, a really great golf design uh, out in the West Coast. So uh, we'll be up until the early hours, um, glued to it. Definitely, it's definitely the most anticipated PGA Championship in many a year. Anyway, the strange a strange one, albeit. Uh, Brian, thanks very much for taking the call. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mick. Pleasure. Great stuff there from Brian. You can catch his work on irishgolfdesk.com. Mick, no matter how much you tried to pour water on the importance <laughs> of the PGA Championship, <laughs> but Brian, we said we're still really excited for it this weekend. Uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be strange, but maybe in a good way for the PGA. As you mentioned, it was kind of like the poor... Uh, the poor uh, brother of the others. Yeah. But this week, this year, it's going to take a special uh, importance. Yeah, I think so. I think the fact that it's a major that's back, and also, like, I don't mean to, like, I am excited about it as well. I just, I suppose, it's because there's one thing that majors always had was that the tours would come together, and that there's basically no European tour anymore at the moment because anybody who's playing there isn't traveling. And that's just the world we live in, and that's normal. But what I kind of forgot until what Brian was saying there is like, you know, you're talking about a par 70 course on the West Coast, played in the wind, um, you know, played on the coast. It's not going to be, you, know, you forget sometimes how much of a, a, a part a golf course and the way it's set up plays in a major compared to an everyday tournament or even a WGC like we had last week. And that's actually why it's always brilliant. Like, you know, it's like, again, it's been so long since we've had a major, Mark. I forgot one of the key. One of the key aspects of why it's not just like another tournament with the same guys from last week. But uh, look, I'm excited. I think that like some of the picks that he's made there, just looking at the odds on on Ladbrokes, um, Kopka is 10 to 1. He's second favorite behind Justin Thomas at 9 to 1. If you want to go a bit further outside, then he had Webb Simpson is 25 to 1. He's won twice this year on the PGA Tour and he's yeah. having like his best season since he was, you know, one of the top two or three players back when he won the US Open and everything like that. And then the bigger ones like Tommy Fleetwood is 40 to 1. Uh, Shane Lowry, 66 to 1. What do you reckon? 66 yeah, to definitely. One for like, all you need for... I'm, you're Way always down. kind of waiting. Too far just when it's, yeah, but, and also when it's an Irish golf, you're always just waiting for someone that's in the know to kind of <laughs> give you the nod in the wing and go, yep. To tell you. <laughs> the weather's yeah, going to suit him. He's playing well. And he's, just, and he's justified, yeah. You're completely vindicated uh, having a feeling for him. So that's all you need. All you need yeah. is give an inch will take a while. So, there yeah, you go. Definitely fit, all, fit. Uh, yeah, Phil Nicholson, top five uh, place this year. I, said, I can't believe he's 50 years old. Even though he's been around forever, I just people like that you never think are going to be 50. But uh, Phil Nicholson's 80 to 1 um, if he can last the week. Um, Harris English, you mentioned there as well, 90 to 1 on Labrooks. And Danny Willis, former Masters champion, 125 to 1 
Uh, Danny Willett, I remember when he won the Masters, won a friend of mine who I was staying with at the time a lot of money, and uh, we were staying in, um, we were on a, a trip to Kenya, Mark, right? And we stayed up as late as we could to watch the Masters. Now, they're another two hours ahead than even us, and we had to get up at 5 a.m. the next morning to go on a safari. And as I woke at 5 a.m., we hadn't, they hadn't lasted to the end of the Masters. And I just heard my friend Kev marching up and down the hall in the house. We were singing, singing Danny Willett's name, <laughs> having backed them at a very similar price here, I think, of something like 125 to 1. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure that story is relevant unless you feel like just uh, there's something in the water for Danny Willett this week. Yeah. Even some of them uh, choice as well, like Lowry for top 10 finishes, 13 to 2 on Labrooks. Harris English is 15 to 2. I think Wolf because I was more, it's 8 to 1. Um, I don't know what Danny is. Just give me one second here to be see because they're interesting. Um, yeah, I like that. If you were, well, yeah, because you're still getting good value as well. He's tw- Danny Willett, twenty-five to one to finish in the top ten. Right. Um, okay. So that's all, he's got the experience for that as well. I like when you're going with top tens as well. You're liking right experienced golfers who can. Oh, sorry, eleven to one top ten. He's twenty-five to one for the top five. Oh, um, okay. but even still, right. eleven to one is. They can withstand the, you know, the the pressure of the last day when everybody, when definitely, like if you're in the top 15 or top 20 going into the last day, there's always going to be four or five lads who fall away. It's just the nature of Sundays and majors. Yeah. So that, yeah, you want to get the lads who know what they're doing, have been around the block and have won in the past. Yeah, and of course, a reminder, if you are having a bet this weekend, please do gamble responsibly. You can visit dunlouis.net for more information. Who do you like, Mark? Uh, Patrick Reed, your old friend, forty to one. My old friend. <laughs> I don't know who likes Patrick Reed. Yeah, you're the kind of guy who would stand up for the guy that everybody hates, though. You know, I don't know. If, <laughs> well, it's a good thing about you. My sudden found uh, newfound love for Frank Lampard. Um, <laughs> what I was going to say, Tommy Fleetwood. I like it. Uh, I always enjoy Fleetwood and the fact that Brian mentioned him as well. Again, my ears perked. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, look at he's still They're hanging in buddy. there. He's always going to be. He's a good man to finish between in my mind. And Tony Finney was well. I think Tony Finney might become my new pardon. Sorry, I said Matsuyama is a good man to finish between twentieth and twenty fifth in every tournament that he plays in. But that's the things. problem. He keeps even looking at them the last few weeks. I'm kind of like. Every time you look at the leaderboard, he's on the first page over the couple of days, first couple of days, and yeah. then just kind of falls away a bit out of the each way reckoning. Um, yeah, but Tony Finney was what I think might be becoming my new um, Hideki. Uh, yeah. He had, a bad, he, was, he had a poor last tournament, but he, was, he finished tied third a few weeks ago. Yeah, uh, I had him in eighth, my big shout uh, that week, actually, the week, the, that, yeah. the week he finished third. Um, I'll give you one, a couple of names here. Um, Adam Scott hasn't played at all since the... Um, since the return, which means that he's out to 50 to 1, which is great value for Adam Scott. But you're taking in a lot into account. He'd have to hit the ground running. I'm not saying he's going to win the tournament, yeah. but again, if you're looking at top 10 finishes or whatever like that, he's better than where he is in the um, in the order. The US Open champion, Gary Woodland, is 45 to 1. He hasn't had the greatest season, but it hasn't been terrible either. He's had some good finishes. He finished second to Rory in the... In the um, in the match play. You had to win a lot of games, a lot of bloody matches to get into the into the final of the world match play here five years ago. Um, so he's got some course form as well. He's 45 to 1. I mentioned the two rookies, Hovland and um, Morikawa. And then another guy, Daniel Berger, uh, he's 40 to 1. Since the restart, I think he's missed one cut and every other finish has been top five or maybe even top six. So he is um, he's definitely someone to watch out for, I would say, Daniel Berger. 
Another Interesting. American yeah, just to, just to round off what's name in the entire field at this stage. <laughs> we've never mentioned Xander Schofle or Patrick Cantley as well. There's something like, I just hope it's not Justin Thomas. I don't know what it is. Justin, I don't dislike Justin Thomas. I just don't anything. Yeah, you've been kind of holding on to this. I can't believe we've got to the very end of the podcast before your anti-Justin Thomas agenda has uh, come to the fore. Do you think that even, even his name is Justin Thomas? Do you know who he's the new... I think you mentioned Zach Johnson earlier, which is a good one. And I want to go with Justin Leonard, but I just I don't want to use a guy with the same first name. But just the generic American. You do want to use a guy with the same first name player. because that's the problem. Yeah, they all blend in together. Justin Thomas, player. Justin he's Leonard, won a major, but he's never going to set the world on fire, and he's never going to sell any hats. Or what? What do what do golfers sell? I was going to say jerseys, but <laughs> but there's people, you know, I don't know. They're just. Maybe I'm being unfair, but like and the other thing is, like you just be very good at your sport. But there's just mm. always a backstory to some of these other people who are, especially when you're looking at the US golfers. The lads with the backstories are always a bit more intriguing because yeah, we we'll know the the guys here, like you know, the European golfers, the Irish golfers, we know them a bit better anyway. So we're always going to be interested in their story. But you want something, even if it's just to watch them, as you said, to like lads that you're going to like hope that don't, you know, you're just watching them so you hope they don't win like yeah. uh, the likes of Patrick Reed or whatever, but, uh, but I'm watching, I, 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 develop, I mentioned, we need to get the WWE writers onto him and develop a character <laughs> from him. That's you know? it. Needs, uh, I, mentioned, I mentioned Gary Woodland there a few minutes ago. For their entire careers, Gary Woodland and Justin Thomas have just faded into each other for me. You know, whereas if you look at yeah. everybody else at the top of the betting, like Thomas is at the top, Kepka, he is like just walking personality, you know what I mean? Uh, John Ram, big man, like, you know, not American, always helps. Rory, we all know what Rory <laughs> is. Bryson DeChambeau, like, I mean, doesn't, not much needs to be said. Xander Schauffele, what a name. You're not going to forget that in a hurry. Well, you yeah. will, you'll forget it the first 50 times, but then you'll never forget it as long as you live. Uh, Dustin Johnson, we all know him. He's like, he's all personality as well. You know, I think the first kind of next yeah, the, kind of that's boring guy the, is probably Cantley, you know? Yeah, Johnson just needs like he just goes mad shouting like that's all you know, you just need something that that uh, just Brian to even on to. exactly and Brian even just like referred to it but like if you want Thomas to be a star he needs to be a little bit less consistent as well you know he's had three wins this year yeah. he's finished second as well a couple of times Dustin Johnson won a tournament by shooting a seventy and then I think the next the next round he played it was eighty five <laughs> so you know like, just, come on what? Justin be a bit wilder. Yeah, I think it's time to wrap up, Baby Bick, because we've just spent the last five minutes <laughs> criticizing Justin Thomas for being too good at golf and, uh, and not, not controversial not enough. <laughs> yeah, just not, this, not, not an absolute arsehole. We've <laughs> <arsehole. laughs> <laughs> just dismissed him. Uh, so uh, we'd like to formally apologize to the world number one. The world number one, I might add. Uh, and, uh, if he was called Thomas Brian. Justin, would you be surprised? Would it make any oh. difference to your life? Yeah. I think Thomas Justin would be a more interesting name. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> it's time for us to go. Uh, thanks to Brian for joining us on the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, this has been a very special podcast. We'll be back later on in the week with our normal build-up podcast. You can find that if you search the build-up on Ball Study on all good podcast apps. We'll be back on Wednesday with that. But until then, find yourself. Bye.